0: Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, and then go behind the scenes of our creative process. What's up? We're getting into something a little bit different today. This is getting into expansion mini-review territory, which was a format that I stumbled into for doing expansions. I really liked it, and so it's short, sweet, concise, and because of that, I'm going to give you two expansion mini-reviews per episode. I broaden the format a little bit later on. You'll find out more about that as we go, but for now, today I have two expansion mini-reviews for you. That's for... Five Tribes, Artisans of Nicala, and Lords of Waterdeep, the Scoundrels of Skullport. So sit back, relax, and let's get to some mini-expansion reviews. Five Tribes, the Artisans of Nicala, designed by Bruno Catala. Catala! Catala! Published by Days of Wonder, 2015. Review written by Jack Eddy and originally published December 4th, 2016 on CardboardHerald.com. What's new? Five Tribes gets a sixth tribe, the Purple Artisans. They earn you face-down treasure tokens, which are either points, ranging from 5 to 9, or one-time-use powers. To accommodate the extra meeples, there are a few more board spaces, including an impassable pit and three tiles that have tiny wooden impassable mountain ranges placed on two of its sides. Also, there are a few more djinns that play off of the treasures and artisans. Why it's so good. In base 5 tribes, you either saw optimum moves or you didn't. There was never much risk in the game aside from turn order bidding and leaving good moves for your opponents. The treasure tokens entice you to consider risks while evaluating your turn, never knowing the exact reward they will net. Fortunately, the artisans are inherently worth points, the treasures are never bad, and you can get your choice of those drawn, so it never impacts the strategic core of the game. The impassable terrain also presents interesting obstacles, causing you to migrate meeples in some interesting ways, making the board feel more dynamic and alive. Also the little wooden mountains are visually striking, making the otherwise drab board pop a bit. Plus purple is the best color for board game pieces and I'm happy to play with the artisans. Lords of Waterdeep, Scoundrels of Skullport Designed by Chris Dupuy Peter Lee, Rodney Thompson, published by Wizards of the Coast in 2013, reviewed by Jack Eddy, and originally published December 4th, 2016. What's new? Tons of stuff, an extra meeple for each color, tokens for a sixth gray player, and two separate modules that can be combined or played separately, Skullport and Undermountain. Each add new lords, quests, intrigue cards, and an additional location board and buildings that get mixed in with the base stack. Skullport adds the corruption track and most of the new content revolves around gaining and losing corruption. The more corruption tokens that are taken from the track by the end of the game, the more negative points each token is worth. If all players are dipping in, these little smurf poops can be up to negative nine points each, why not avoid corruption you ask? The problem is the Skullport locations and buildings and quests provide awesome rewards and many chances to return Corruption to the track. Aside, Corruption Tokens are supposed to be Blue Skulls, but we can all agree that they are secretly Smurf Poops. I bet Gargamel is behind this. Undermountain, perhaps the less interesting of the two, adds new fat and fat quests and big actions. I'm talking 40 point quests, or quests that put all buildings in Builder's Hall into play under your control. Undermountain doesn't change the fundamental play of the game, other than adding options to go after really explosive actions that require high investment for high reward. Why it's so good? First off, this kit is modular without the hassle. Too many modular expansions are a hassle to deal with if they don't integrate with each other. Not so here. The insert is beautiful and easy to manage and the components for each module are clearly identified so integrating and separating is a breeze. Both modules compound the interesting options you have in the game. Skullport adds a risk and reward element, which alters the flow of the game in a really cool way. Early on, you amass a pile of corruption, rarely thinking about the consequences, but later you are desperately searching for opportunities to get rid of it. Or maybe you avoid corruption altogether and try to find ways to force other players to take more. I almost never play without Skullport except when I'm playing with Undermountain. Undermountain is fun for a change of pace because completing your aforementioned PH slash F fat Quests feels really, really good. You'll relish the deer in the headlights look your friends give you as you zoom forward on the point track, only to witness them soon do the same. The lack of corruption doesn't mean Undermountain is without risk either. There's a balance in completing a variety of quests and not getting bogged down with too big of quests with not enough turns or resources left in the game. The big difference with Undermountain's risk is that it isn't punitive like Skullport's. For advanced gamers. those who want more strategic meat on Waterdeep's bones, Skullport has you covered. Alternatively, Undermountain adds more variety and tactical options while keeping the bare-bones, new player-friendly nature of the base game intact. For those who just want a sandbox to play in, they can play with both. What's not to love? All right, everyone, I have my coffee here and I'm here to talk to you about writing these reviews for two of my favorite expansions, which actually were part of a project that I was doing to highlight some of my absolute favorite expansions. I think I was getting frustrated at the time with some expansions that were coming out that either kind of defocused the game from the the original intention or kind of muddied it up or were too modular or bloated it, you know, things that just made a game worse, which can happen with expansions. If you haven't experienced that with board games, there will come a time where you get an expansion and go, does this really make it better at all? And because of some of that frustration, I thought I wanted to highlight some of the expansions that I thought were essential. Not that they felt missing from the base games, but they were expansions that I felt like if you like the base game, there's no reason not to have these. Now, Scoundrels of Skullport is with the caveat that I typically only play these days with the Skullport portion of it. I don't really use Undermountain unless I'm playing with new peeps, You know, if someone's coming to the table and they either hate the corruption mechanic or they uh, are unfamiliar with things, I'm going to go with either vanilla or more likely use Undermountain. Uh, It it makes the game last a little bit longer, gives a little bit more diversity of play. It makes it more interesting to myself and my wife, who that is like top five favorite games, if not her absolute favorite game, uh, Lords of Waterdeep but the uh expansion i am always using one or the other the modules Uh, i still like skullport more but uh you know under mountain may be the flavor of choice for other people and yeah it What I was talking about with the deer in the headlights thing still holds true. It feels damn good to bust out some of those insane quests. Like If you haven't played it in a while, you look at them and you're like, whoa, there's no way that you can get this much reward from a single quest. And yeah, you do. It makes the game kind of crazy and fun. Still balanced. Now, the Artisans of Nikala. This is an expansion that... I think I would teach new players with. I would uh, teach anyone with. I'd teach my dog, Artisans and Nicola if I thought that he was smart enough. And he is a poodle, uh, so he is bordering smart enough to play board games. He is the smartest dog I've ever owned. Uh, But unfortunately, Bastion is not playing board games. He'd probably just end up chewing on them, if I were honest. But uh, the uh, Artisans of Nicola. There's a lot to love about this thing. Uh, Five Tribes remains one of my favorite games. Uh, It's one of my favorite Bruno Catala games, which is saying a lot because he's one of my favorite designers of all time, period. Uh, But this is an expansion that um, just gives you a little bit more to chew on as far as what you want to do with your moves and not having optimum strategies constantly available to you. Uh, And the bonus powers feel good and satisfying and, and powerful without being overly powerful when you get them. Uh, The Purple Tribe is one of the most worthwhile tribes to pursue without dwarfing the importance of the other ones. I like the bigger board. I like the obstacles. I love how the mountains look. The The abstracted, wooden, meeple mountains are beautiful in an already gorgeous game. And the purple color. What's not to love? Um. Now, the format itself is something that I am still toying with, it's been broadened out a little bit uh, beyond just simply uh, what's new, why it's good. Uh, It's mainly changed to what's new, should you get it? Um, And I think in my most recent couple of mini expansion reviews, it's been what's new, or uh, rather an introduction, what's new and uh, should you get it at that point? So that way I can have more of a comprehensive, uh, six or so paragraphs about this thing without feeling like it's a full tear down of the game. Because as I've gotten more adept at writing reviews, the reviews have gotten to be a little bit more comprehensive, which I don't always know if that's a good thing because I, I, I value brevity. Even if it's something that I'm not often accused of, uh, it's still something that I strive for, Uh, so I, I am always critical of my format and my writing, and it's nice going back to here. There's a lot of personality in these reviews. Uh, I don't know if it makes for really good like purchasing decision type of stuff, but it, it still is coming at it from a really good place. Uh, I'm proud of one year ago Jack Eddy writing these reviews, and I like that I stuck with the format, this mini-expansion review where you're not telling everyone how to play the base game all over again. Come on, like if someone's reading a review for Artisans and Nicola, you are going to hope that they already understand what Five Tribes is and that they already have a good enough reason to already own or are planning on purchasing Five Tribes. So that way the Artisans and Nicola is just, here's what's new about this thing and what makes it good or not. But in this case, fortunately, it's an awesome expansion. Anyway, not much uh, else to say about all this. So thank you so much for listening to this. If you like expansions, if you want to hear more about expansions, I made a video recently that is three expansions that take the game to 11. And neither of these were actually on it. So you should go check out what those expansions are. You can find it on our YouTube channel. Just look us up on Cardboard Herald. It is titled Cardboard Cutouts, Three Expansions That Take a Game to Eleven. We are doing these Cardboard Cutouts recommendation video series, but we're also doing videos that are reviews, first impressions, and all kinds of other stuff on there. So please check out the YouTube channel. And as always, if you want to talk to us about this review, or these reviews rather, you agree, you disagree, you want to tell us what to review in the future, future, any of that kind of stuff, the best way to do it is to find us on Twitter at Cardboard Herald. So thank you so much for listening and you keep on gaming. As always, The Cardboard Herald is a completely free service focused on spotlighting games, gamers, and game creators. You can find all of our podcasts, including The Cardboard Herald and TCBH reviews, on iTunes, Stitcher, and our website. For more recommendations and reviews, you can also head over to our YouTube channel. We do not pay to advertise the show, so please continue spreading the word, following, liking, rating, and doing all the social media things. It truly does help us out a ton. If you'd like to drop us a line and maybe have your listener mail read on air, Find us on Twitter at Cardboard Herald or send us an email to CardboardHerald at gmail.com or click the contact link on our page. Once again, thank you for listening. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald and you keep on gaming.